Hey there, Restaurant Pros, it's David Scott Peters, and welcome to episode 36 of the Restaurant Prosperity Formula. I've been coaching restaurant owners since 2003, and the Restaurant Prosperity Formula is based on what the most successful restaurant owners I've worked with do on a daily basis to achieve their success. The basic premise of the formula centers around achieving prosperity, freedom for your restaurant, and the financial freedom you deserve. To achieve prosperity, you have to follow a very specific formula made up of leadership, systems, training, accountability, and taking action. Today's topic centers around the importance of identifying, creating, and leading a management team. Restaurant owners often feel alone, like they're the only ones who know how to run their restaurant the way they want it run. This can rob you of your time and your freedom to leave your business, ultimately stifling your restaurant's growth. If you want to achieve restaurant prosperity, freedom for your restaurant, and the financial freedom you deserve, then a management team is critical to your success. Listen in as I share with you the exact advice I share with my members. Let's get started. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is being brought to you by Repeat Returns. If you're a restaurant owner of a medium to high volume independent restaurant, multi-unit or franchise operator, and you're looking for a proven and realistic solution to attract, grow and retain customers, then you need to visit Repeat Returns. Repeat Returns is a modern marketing platform created by a restaurant owner for restaurant owners. It studies each customer's habits and patterns, predicts the most profitable outcome for your restaurant every single day, and deploys the marketing to make that happen. You'll never lift a finger. To see if Repeat Returns is right for you, visit repeatreturns.com forward slash DSP. I find that all too often, you as a restaurant pro operate on an island. While there's a whole world out there of innovation, best practices and support, you often find yourself feeling alone, isolated, and think you're the only ones who suffer from the challenges before you. That's the life of a typical restaurant owner. When you learn the lesson of how important it is to have managers on your team to ensure the process is working, it can be life-changing. You're no longer alone. You no longer have to worry about all the tasks that need to be done on a daily basis because your managers are doing them. You can start focusing on your business as the leader, the leader your restaurant needs. You can start thinking strategically, interpret your numbers, proactively run your business. It is literally life-changing. But here's the reality. You don't just snap your fingers and poof, you have a strong management team. It takes time patience, systems, and real work. You have to set your managers up for success. Here's what you need to think about if you want a strong management team. Number one, you've got to change how you recruit your managers internally. You need to allow your management candidates to identify themselves. What do I mean by this? Well, I don't know about you, but when I was sucked into management, again, I was sat down by the owner and said, David, do you want to become a manager? I'm like, hell no. I've done this once in my life. I grew up in this business. I'm only here until I was a, a tiller. I was only here until I got my real job, but I loved hospitality. I loved to bartend. It was a blast. No, David, don't you want to be a manager? I could really use you. I need you. What you bring to the table, da, da, da. And the owner wore me down, wore me down. I went, okay. Next thing you know, I was in management. Well, that owner got really lucky because I stuck with it. I was able to grow, make a difference on the team. I was a good choice. 
But when we do that, when I used to do that with my line employees, when I needed supervisors and managers, I took my best employee and made them my worst within six months to a year. My best employee became my worst. They should have never been a manager. Now I'm firing them or they quit because they hate the place. It doesn't work. See, they may have been great people. They were probably most like me. And that's a mistake to fill your management team with people like yourself. That means there's a tremendous level of skill sets that are not on the team. We need everybody's skill sets and personalities and things that they bring to the table, assets you don't have. They were probably just like me, but they probably never were meant to be a manager. Some people can't manage people. They want to be liked. They, they don't want to hold people accountable. They don't like conflict. They don't truly understand that going to a table when a guest has a bad experience is an opportunity to change things around and create a memory that makes them a customer for life. Instead, it's this scary, terrible thing. So I teach my members something about using what I call special projects. That you say, hey, instead of identifying personally going, you need to be manager, you need to be manager, you need to be manager, let them come to me. I'm gonna post on the server bulletin board employee bulletin board, special projects. Anyone interested, come see me. Now you're gonna have plenty of things to do. You follow me for any length of time. We're working on recipe costing cards. We have checklists to do. We've got dollars for labor hour work. We've got so much work to do. Create a DSR tracker, invoice log, paid out like lots and lots of work. So you're gonna have to pay people at least minimum wage, but people are self-identifying. Now do me a favor. You do not go find that one employee who you want to be a manager and say, hey, you need to come here. No, we want them to self-identify. There are people who may be great at management. They don't want it. They don't want more responsibility. Don't fit that square peg into a round hole. Also, do not have prejudice in your brain that that employee, that jackass, will never be a manager on my team. No way in hell. See, sometimes those people who are acting out on a day-to-day -day basis are bored. Think about middle school, the class clown. That was often the smartest kid in the room. They may not have had the grades to prove it, but they were bored. They were so smart, they were bored, so they acted out. You must let anyone come to you and say, hey, I'd like to help. Now, what you do then is you teach people how to do that, that task, set them on their way. You have to hold their hand, make sure they're doing it right, but you're helping them help you. Now, some people are going to do a really bad job. You'll be like, hey, Duke, thanks for helping. I don't need your help. But thank you. I didn't bruise them and say they were fired. They, you know, you're a manager now, you're not. No, I, thanks for your help. I don't need your help right now. Now, there are going to be some people who do a good job. You're going to approach one of them and you're going to go, hey, man, you do a great job with this. Have you ever thought becoming an MIT, I call a manager in training, hourly supervisor, don't care what you call them, part-time manager. Have you ever thought becoming an MIT? They may look at you and go, no freaking way. What's the worst case scenario? You got some good work done by an employee, so you shared the wealth, you benefit. Now you may go to another employee that did a good job and say, hey man, you ever thought of becoming an MIT, a supervisor? They said, well, what about my tip shifts? Oh, you can keep your Friday, Saturday nights. So you'd be on a Monday or a Sunday, whatever it may be, plain clothes as a manager, and you get paid this. 
Well, they may look at you and go, yeah, I could do that. I keep my tip shifts. Yep, you get your big days. Fantastic. Now, there's going to be a group of them. Somebody does a bad job. Let's say we have two, three of them. One does a bad job, can't manage people. All you do is say, hey, I, I don't need you on the schedule as a, a supervisor right now. But in the future, if somebody goes on vacation or whatever, you know how to open, close the restaurant, would you be interested? Oh, sure, I do that. I didn't fire them. I just said I don't need them right now. See, I'm not bruising egos. I'm keeping a good person on my team. Just maybe not, they're not a good manager yet. They need more work or may never be. Now, somebody else may do a great job. And I go, hey, man, have you thought about becoming a manager? And they may look at me square in the eye and go, no freaking way, David. You got to be kidding me. Will you continue to do this? Yeah, sure. Oh, what's my worst case scenario? I've got somebody who works one, two, three shifts a week as a manager that does a good job. Does, is there any harm in that? I go to the next person. Hey, man, you're doing a great job. You ever thought becoming a manager? Oh, shit. You know what? I'm tired of working the circle and I'm enjoying this management thing. I'd like to make this a career. And yes. And so what happens is you let your candidate self-identify, prove themselves. They're basically interviewing for each job by doing the job without knowing they're interviewing for it. This is how you're going to identify some of your strongest people and create your best managers. The next thing is you've got to have a system, a process, a way to doing everything in your restaurant, starting with shift management. We've got to make sure we teach them all of these systems. You have a system, a process, a way to do anything from counting a bar drawer to $300 to doing something as advanced as dollars per labor hour worked. But with these shift supervisors, these MITs, we've got to start with shift management. That means I need opening, closing, side work checklists. That we create a culture of close to open, that every manager hands over a shift that's 100% ready to go for the next manager that every employee sets up the restaurant for success for each next shift, closes the restaurant successfully to set up the next shift, every shift, every position. It allows you to impose your will without being there, that things get done your way and the guest has the best experience, that every employee has a smoother running shift. You got to teach them how to assign the cash drawer, whether you're a quick serve restaurant or for your bartenders in a full service restaurant in a full service restaurant, how to do assigned stations, four table, three table, eight table stations, what day of the week and so on. You gotta teach them to understand the flow of the restaurant and their role. So for instance, I often refer to running a restaurant is like the tide. I grew up on the, the, the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, Atlantic City, New Jersey, Margate to be exact. As the tide came in, well, that's your customers coming. You as a manager are going to be at the front door, not in the back on the office. In fact, you have to tell them when they cannot be and when they can be in the office. So between the hours 11 and 1.30, you cannot go in the office other than make change. I want to see your butt at the front, greeting our guests, seating them, setting them up for a great, great experience. And as you get a little busier, you run back to the kitchen, tell them, get on their toes. We just set an eight top, a 20 top, and so on. Then you become a server. Hey, uh, your server's just a little busy. Can I take your drink order? Get it started. Then you're an expo, making sure the tickets are put together and food running, running it out to the tables. 
Then you're a busser pre-bussing, making sure the servers are all set. You might be a server again and say, hey, as the meal is ending, can I drop a ticket for you? Your server will be with you in just a moment. And as that changes, you start to go back to the front door again and you're greeting your guests to come back. Thanks so much for dining with us. I hope we see you again here real soon. Did you know Friday night we have the best happy hour dot, dot, dot. Understanding the flow of the restaurant and how they help it be successful, being the extra set of hands. Then once you've got that daily stuff done, we get to the big stuff, the big systems from scheduling and ordering to hiring and firing and anything in between. Think about it. You've got to teach them how to order glassware, count plates and understand where they order them from, right? You understand how big a deal that is? Anything, uniforms, you name it. Now, the next thing we've got to understand is you need great training. So you may have all those great systems, but if you can't teach somebody how to use those systems, who cares? And the downfall in the restaurant industry is the way I was trained. As a young manager, I was told, follow me for three days. And then when you do something wrong, it's going to be like you were a puppy in the 1980s and we're trying to potty train you. So if you went to the bathroom on the carpet, we're going to roll up a newspaper, stick your nose in it and smack your nose and say, bad dog. Well, that's how I was trained. Hey, David, the light bulb's out. What? David, the light bulb's out. You need to change that light bulb. Rolled up newspaper, bad dog. Come in the, another day and the owner's going, David, light bulb's out, light bulb's out. Bad dog, boom. Till finally every day that I walk in and I get in trouble because there's a light bulb out, I start walking through the restaurant like I'm a tourist in New York City, mouth wide open, staring straight up, getting a sunburn on the roof of my mouth because all I can think about is I don't want to get in trouble again. And all we would do is shift to another thing I was doing wrong. Who wants to learn? Who wants to work for you when all you do is tell them your management team what they do wrong on a daily basis? Instead, you need to train them on your system, your process, your way. Training is critical. And I'm going to tell you whether it's you or whoever the trainer is going to be. They've got to be side by side with that new management candidate and teach them step by step by step. Have them watch you. Then have them do it, do a little together. Then have them do it. You watch, they ask questions. Then have them do it. You watch, they ask questions until they can do it independently. Know what the job is, how to do it, how well it should be done. More importantly, by when they can demonstrate, they can do it on their own. You've not trained them. So no longer do we get this idea that it may be three times and you're on your own. What if it takes nine? As long as somebody shows a desire to learn an effort in learning, I will stay with them until they can do it independently. Your job is to never let them fail. We can talk about don't know versus don't care, but you're going to find out pretty quickly if they don't put in the effort, they keep doing it wrong because they just don't give a shit. Well, then they don't belong on your team, but you've got to stay with them. You've got to think training is a longer process than follow me three days. Good luck. Next, this is really important all too often. Restaurant owners give new managers the responsibility to do their job. Hey, make sure the, the place runs, money gets to the bank, lights are on, right? Just run the day-to-day -day shift. But when an employee does something wrong, they're not allowed to write them up. They're not, certainly not allowed to terminate them. When it's time to 
place an order, they somebody else does it. They don't have an opportunity to do so. When it's time to write a schedule, they're not responsible. Somebody else does so. But they get in trouble when the people who are assigned to that shift don't do a good job in their department. See how this works? How can you give somebody the responsibility to do their job if you don't give them the authority to do their job? That's very different. See, if I have the responsibility to run a shift and somebody starts to be insubordinate and I, what do I do? Yell at them? Might as well be just a German shepherd with all my teeth knocked out. I can bark, 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 bark really loudly. In fact, when I go to bite them, it's all gums. Feels like a pinch, doesn't do anything. Those employees look at those young managers and go, what are you gonna do about it? I'm gonna keep my job. You can yell all day long. I'm gonna still do what I want because you can't do anything to me. Vice versa, if I give you the authority to write someone up, to terminate, to do the job I hired you to do, that's so different. But see, you've got to make sure that everybody understands that. You've got to make sure, let's say you're, it's the first time you're going to have a manager at all. You've been running your store. You need to say, see this person, everybody, team meeting, this person is an extension of me. General managers, when you've got assistant managers and hourly supervisors, those people are an extension of you. And everybody's got to understand it, that they're not just this new kid on the block. They have the authority to do their job. You've also got to allow them to make the call. Meaning, let's say I have that employee that is insubordinate to me. I'm a young supervisor. I overreact. I fire the person on the spot. Well, you as an owner can't go, Oh, the employee came to me, told me this was happened. I wouldn't have fired them, so they're back on the team. Well, you just cut that manager off at the knees. They are ineffective from this point forward, period. Nobody's going to listen. Not going to work. See, you as an owner have to go, when that employee comes to you and goes, I thought this was ridiculous. You know, well, all I can tell you is that was the call the young manager made, and I'm backing that because they're an extension of me. Then you go to the young manager, you go, why'd you fire that person? Let me tell you how I would have handled that and how I want you to handle it going forward. Last but not least, to give them the authority, you've got to teach them to think on their own. Stop answering all the dumb questions. Now, I'm not saying every question's a dumb question. No question is a dumb question. Unless you make it a dumb question as the owner. By answering every little question, Text message, where's the plunger? What do you mean, where's the plunger? Oh, let me drive in. I'll show you where the plunger is. Teach people to think on their own. Create reasonable boundaries. Don't call me on my day off. I'm out with my family unless the place is burning down. Maybe that's an extreme, but you set the boundaries. I expect you to make these calls on your own. And when they do call you, instead of answering the question for them, every question for them, what should I do? You need to reply with a question to them. How would you handle the situation? Based on our core values, how would you make the decision? Start to throw it back and have them think. You may coach them through the process, but they're doing the thinking. You're teaching them they can do their job on their own. Last but not least, and this is one of the biggest lessons when it comes to running your restaurant with a management team, you must be willing to hold them accountable. Think about this. The restaurant prosperity formula. What is that? Restaurant prosperity is freedom for your restaurant, the financial freedom you deserve. Well, it starts with leader. 
right? Remember, you've got to be the leader your restaurant needs. Then there's a plus symbol. And there are systems plus training, being able to learn. Underneath that is accountability, then plus taking action. Well, this accountability piece, it does not matter what systems you have. If you don't hold people accountable to them, they don't do them. It doesn't matter how good your training is. If you don't, if you train people all day long, but they don't have to use them, you must be willing to hold your managers accountable. Now, if you spend any time with me, you know that I changed the word accountability from a negative. I'm going to hold you accountable, right? Fist, boom, right in the nose to answerable. See, I I train you what your job is, how to do it, how well it should be done, more importantly, by when, and you show me you can do it independently, I can hold you answerable. So for instance, if I teach you your obligation, your J-O-B, what you're supposed to do as a manager, your specific responsibilities, what the job is, how to do it, how well it should be done, more importantly, by when, and you can independently show me because that's your training process, right? You have a system of process away and you stuck with them until they could do it independently multiple times that you know they know what the job is. Well, when we get there, let's say it's taking inventory and your chef takes inventory 24 weeks in a row, on week 25, chef gets to make the decision to do their job or not. Know their obligation, now I get to make a decision, do my job or don't then you're ultimately answerable for the resulting consequences, doing your job or not. Not you, the big bad owner or big bad general manager. You see, as we put all these things together, how quickly you can have a strong management team. Now I'm going to tell you, this is the exact advice and training I give my restaurant transformation intensive members to help them achieve restaurant prosperity, which is freedom from your restaurant and the financial freedom they deserve. In fact, creating a management team or strengthening the one you have is critical to your success. You will no longer be alone. You will have a team of people to complete the daily tasks of running your restaurant. You'll have people to ensure the processes are working when, but especially when you're not there. And it allows you to work strategically on your business, ensuring you'll be around for many years to come. Now is the time to cultivate your management team. Hey, that was an awesome episode. I wanna thank you for taking the time to take action on building a better, more prosperous restaurant. Before you go, I wanna give you these three thoughts. One, by combining leadership and taking action with systems and training being checked by accountability, you are on your way to creating prosperity for you and your restaurant. Two, I have something I need from you. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. By leaving us a review, other restaurant pros seeking out this information are able to find it. I read the reviews and hearing how this information has benefited you does wonders for me. And three, if you find any of the discussions helpful, share them. The more restaurant pros who have access to them, the better we become as an industry. For more restaurant resources or to get in contact with me, connect with me at davidscottpeters.com. Be passionate about what you're doing. Be persistent, but more importantly, become better and help everyone around you become better. And your restaurant is going to kick some ass.